0: Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. A little bit of negativity in the corn. It was higher in the soybeans. The wheat market, on the other hand, saw a mixed type of market trade. Really some interesting things happening within the markets. We're going to look at how the markets relate to each other, the rain, what that means, livestock with export data. And let's not forget the weather push of yesterday in the sales. Lots to look at as Arlen Suderman joins us with StoneX. So let's talk about this interesting price action we saw today when we compare it to the craziness of yesterday?
1: Yeah, yesterday was pretty much sell everything, sell all the above, so to speak. The fund money was just trying to exit the door based on the change in the weather pattern that we saw over the three-day holiday weekend. Today, it took a more systematic approach. It was, okay, which assets, uh, which grains, so to speak, uh, are most likely to still continue to have bearish influences from this weather pattern? Uh, in in which are gonna be positive or not helped enough so to speak and Minneapolis wheat is the easy one there because uh, these rains simply aren't reaching enough of the spring wheat belt more than half of it is still going to be left in dire drought conditions and even where they get rain it's not going to break the drought it just buys a little bit of time and you can even argue whether some of the wheat in that region that gets rains how much it'll be helped to this late in the growing season for that spring wheat and most of the canadian prairies aren't going to benefit from this rain at all and so we're looking at um, probably three-fourths of the canadian prairie spring wheat belt that is in pretty dire condition looking pretty bad. So spring wheat did see a bounce today uh, and that helps support the hard red winter wheat although when it comes to hard red winter wheat uh, we're we're just not we're struggling to be competitive on the world market because prices are so high. Yesterday's break certainly helped that um but overall and that would be true for the, all the winter wheats etc trying to compete after the recent strength that we had although yesterday helped a little bit. When we look at corn and soybeans, I think what we're seeing here is a little bit of shift in paradigm. Uh, Leading up into the spring, soybeans are kind of the favored commodity. And then when we got done with the Brazil growing season, it was kind of like, okay, yeah, soybean balance sheet's going to be tight over the next year, but there's nothing new there. There's nothing new to focus on. Um, because the Brazilian crop has been harvested, the Argentine crop is largely known. So the focus shifted to corn because the Safrina corn crop in Brazil had trouble, and there was some speculation that we could have weather problems in the Midwest, which turned out to be true. Uh, I think it's interesting that the market has reacted to rains in the Midwest, kind of an all-or-nothing type of a thing. If it doesn't rain, it's a crop failure. If it does rain, it's a bumper crop and that's never what was expected uh, as we came into this growing season um, the tight soybean balance sheet uh, and then the tight corn balance sheet created when brazil had a small crop uh, meant that we needed to get normal crops of corn and soybeans in the u.s this year so anything less than a normal crop would mean rationing of demand with higher prices And so the weather pattern that we anticipated was hotter than normal in the western Midwest with below normal rains. Not a total absence of rain, but below normal. And that's what we've got, kind of an ebb and flow of temperatures with a warm bias, uh, an ebb and flow of moisture, but with a dry bias. And that's exactly what we've got. Anticipating above trend yields in the eastern Midwest, below trends in the northwestern Midwest how the two balance out is going to be the key there's a higher concentration of big production counties in the drier areas than there is in the wet areas so the bias is toward a below trend yield what we don't know yet is by how much and that's going to be shaped in the weeks to come the rains that we got were very timely coming in right before corn pollination and so as i told someone over the weekend in the industry I feel like we're going to be transitioning now back toward soybeans being the story because fund managers can understand the tight soybean balance sheet. August is the month that's critical for soybeans. They see these rains coming in for corn and they're going to assume oh the corn crop's going to be okay. Well we can't assume that yet but the market is going to and um, so we saw corn going down today, soybeans going up and I think part of it is also export demand for corn is starting to slow with china they're back they have some port congestion slowing things down they had a low quality wheat harvest so they're feeding a lot more wheat now so they've slowed the shipments of corn because of that which allows them to ease the congestion at the ports so we don't have that demand news into corn so to speak but in soybeans when we get these price breaks that's when china's coming in and buying because they know they're going to need the soybeans So here again, it's whatever. Where is the news? Well, the news right now is in soybeans, and so it's a shift in the paradigm a little bit, favoring spring wheat, favoring soybeans, uh, but with corn kind of taking second fiddle for a while.
0: I find it interesting though how these markets all kind of relate and intertwine with each other. Whereas in the past, it used just to be corn and wheat kind of buddied up, but now there's just kind of an overall mixture.
1: Yeah, you're right. And a lot of it has to do with money flow. And, uh, you know, remember, we talked back in February when uh, uh, the CME group came out with saying they were going to raise position limits by 60 to 80 percent, depending on the commodity on March 15th. And we said with the money rich environment we're in, the expanded position limits, we're going to see this money really create big price swings in both directions for these markets and we've seen that and it's ebb and flow together it's all of them kind of going in a bunch together
0: all right well stick around folks we got a lot more come up we'll talk a little bit more about this weather and then we'll switch gears to look at what's been happening on the livestock side of it as we got that export data for the month of may how much pressure is this all gonna put into the market trade more is coming up on this wednesday it's the Fontenelle final bell on the rural radio network Org. Welcome back to the Fontanel Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing that conversation with Arlen Suderman. Arlen, again, is with Stonex. Well, we were talking kind of all the, the weather push that we saw in the sales of yesterday, how the markets are kind of intertwining amongst themselves. But rain at this point, it seems like we were talking earlier that depending on how direction elsa went would see how the rains hit the midwest and we're obviously starting to see maybe some of that taking place uh today and into the weekend but having said all that are we putting too many eggs in one basket on this rain to this point
1: yeah and you mentioned elsa and that's something and uh, we were talking about late last week and elsa did come in and strengthen more than anticipated in that as a result, strengthened the high pressure that was in the northeast United States up into the Hudson Bay area. And so then you have a high in the northeast and you have this big dominant high in the Pacific Northwest that's been bringing them record heat. And so what you have in the middle, you create a low pressure area, kind of an upper level low pressure area. And that sucked the moisture from the Gulf right on in there, given these scattered convective thunderstorms that develop in the afternoons in that area these are difficult to kind of predict how they're going to move around and where they're going to dump rains and how much rain um, but it certainly did move the forecast wetter over the three-day holiday weekend and we've seen that play out now I in today's midday commentary that I send out to customers I had two graphics in there one graphic was rainfall that we received over the last seven days for the Midwest and Generally, it showed in that northwest dry northwestern area we'd had rains varying, yeah, you, know, you get these really local areas where under a thunderstorm where you may get three or four inches, but generally, the high end was one point four to one point five inches, and then you had broad areas that got maybe a half inch or less and then next to it, I put a graphic from the National weather service they've got a website where where it shows predicted evapotranspiration or evaporation rates over the next week and it showed that evaporation rates over that area of the Midwest are going to be generally 1.4 up to 1.6 to 1.7 inches over the next week so to this point we've had essentially matching evapotranspiration rates or less so we've got less than an inch excuse me less than a week's worth of rain out of the system so far there will be more rain coming but my bottom line is in these soil moisture profiles are so dry in most of the area that these rains are extremely beneficial in spoon feeding moisture and very timely right as pollination is starting very timely from that standpoint. but we need this on a weekly basis from here on forward and Things may change, but right now the models are saying that the heat and dryness is going to build back in in the last part of July. And that's what's concerning to me, that it's going to prove to be a drag for those yields and pull down our national average yield as well for both corn and soybeans.
0: Which we know that the pressure is there, especially after the the frost that we talked about in in Brazil and the fact that um, we need the beans, we need the corn to meet that global demand.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we did lower our production estimate for Brazil to 87.9 million metric tons, down from 89.7 the previous month. USDA is still about 10 million metric tons above that, a little over 10 million metric tons, or over 400 million bushels above that.
0: We did see, as we go over to the livestock side, you did look at some export numbers that came out for the month of May, made for some interesting uh, discussion for this livestock trade.
1: Yeah, it really did. You remember the extremely high product prices we saw this spring. Well, now we know why. First of all, restaurants here in the United States were opening at various levels to various states. So we we're having to refill that supply pipeline for food services. But export demand was strong. Export of beef in uh, in May, shipments totaled 318 million pounds for the month up from 287 million pounds the previous month and that was record large for any month in history and up 69 percent versus the same month last year so very very strong and when we look at pork our pork exports came to 688 million pounds that was just below the record set in March of 729 million metric pounds, so not quite a record, but just below record levels um, and uh, a very strong overall. So now we can understand why those product prices were so strong with a strong domestic demand and export demand. Since then, we've seen the export demand soften somewhat, particularly with China backing away on the pork side. They're still buying beef. But they've backed off on the pork side and haven't been buying as much or taking shipment of as much. Um, we are seeing other countries, but we've also seen those food service lines get filled. And so that demand has slowed. And that's when we'll, why we've seen so much weakness in the w- recent weeks in these markets.
0: All right. Sounds good, Arlen. Best way for folks to get a hold of you.
1: At Stonex.com. Over on Twitter, my handle is Arlen A R L A N F F one zero one.
0: And that is the Fontanel Final Bell. Just a reminder: commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss and are not suitable to all investors. The Fontanel Final Bell being brought to you by Fontanel Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.